Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hi. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hey. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm so excited for today's show. Today on the show, we have Dr. Deborah Gilboa, who's also known as Dr. G. Um, she is a parenting and youth development expert. She is a speaker. She's been on TV. She's just like amazing um, because she not only is truly an expert about parenting and all these things, but she has four <laughs> sons. And um, from what I can tell, has done a pretty extraordinary job raising them. And so we're going to have her on today talking about chores and giving your kids responsibility and, you know, all these things that she has so much insight and I feel like such a different take. Don't you guys agree? Like she has a different take on doing these things. It isn't just, um, you know, make your kid take out the garbage because then they, you know, have to do something. I, I think it's the take of somebody who has practical experience with it instead of just like a study. Someone who's living it. Yeah, it's like so different <laughs> than just hearing someone speak in hypotheticals. So we're going to have her on the show, and then we will have our Bites of the Week. So we are here now with Dr. Deborah Gilboa, a.k.a. Dr. G, our parenting and youth development expert who's joining us today. And I have to say, I cannot believe it's taken us this long to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm so excited to have this conversation with you both. We have been talking about having you on, especially Amy, because Amy did something with you. I traveled with you in Israel. like So it's been at least a year and a half. So I'm embarrassed that it took this long, but we are really happy to have you. Thank you. Um, and you know, one of the reasons we had you on today was because you put up a video recently of your eight-year-old doing laundry <laughs> that you would think your eight-year-old built a rocket ship and went to Mars <laughs> before Elon Musk because it went viral to a degree that was hilarious. Everyone was like, my 17-year-old can't do this. My husband doesn't do this. I can barely do laundry. Like, So we're like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. We have to have her on because I, I, I don't even know what to say, but it was really impressive. Uh, so it's really interesting because putting that video up wasn't my idea. It was his. Oh. So let me let me tell you the, the story. And then if you guys want to talk about that background, I'm happy to do that. But the story is that I see patients on Sunday mornings pretty often. And so I often have a babysitter coming over to hang out with my younger kids. And this babysitter comes over on a Sunday morning and says, hey, Dr. G, can I take the boys to the park? And I say, because I'm the meanest mom ever, sure, as soon as they finish their chores. So. She turns to my children who were standing upright like normal human children and says, what chores do you guys have to do? And my eight-year-old slumps over with the weight of the world on his shoulders and says, I have to finish the laundry. <laughs> and she, before I can say anything, because I'm embarrassed the way he's acting, she says, oh my gosh, I'm in college and I have friends who don't know how to do the laundry. You do the laundry? And he pops up all proud and says, yeah, aren't they embarrassed? <laughs> so, so he turns to me because he knows I have a YouTube channel where I put up a video every week or two that's a minute or two long, encouraging people about different youth development or parenting things. And he says, you know, you should put up a video teaching college students how to do the laundry. But I'm no idiot. So I say, no, sweetheart, 
you should put up a video teaching college students to do the laundry. Oh my God. And he was like, really? So a couple of weeks later, he got a bunch of props together, like a laundry basket and actual laundry and quarters and soap and all that. And we go to a laundromat because nobody needs to see my basement on the internet. And, <laughs> and we go to a laundromat and I just held the camera. Like he, he was like, should I write a script? And I was like, whatever you want to do. So I held the camera for about, probably about six minutes altogether. We edited it down to about two and a half. And he just looked at the camera and in the middle of this busy Pittsburgh laundromat, teaches college students to do the laundry. And my favorite moment is when he puts the lid of the washer down and he turns to the camera. He's having a great time, right? He turns to the camera and then a little crestfallen. He's like, oh, now you have to wait. But then in an unscripted <laughs> moment, his eyes pop open real big and he goes, but you're in college. You should probably do your homework. He's <laughs> such a natural. That is adorable. <laughs> well, he was really dismayed because his dad and I both shared stories about college experiences of people going and buying new underwear when they ran out of clean laundry. Yep, and he thought that was, I don't know why, but that just offended his soul. <laughs> so I know you said that you have four children. So where is he in the pecking order? He's the third. So I okay. started this when my eldest, you know, you, a lot of things that you do with a, with a bunch of kids like this, you don't think of with the first one. But I actually was waiting for my eldest to turn seven, which is when in our family, you get a big privilege, which is your own email account because um, their dad is in the Air Force. So this way they can be in touch with him more easily and not have to wait for me and my computer and all that. Um, so you get a big privilege, but you also get a big responsibility. You do the family laundry once a week on Sundays. Oh, so it's not just their own laundry. They're doing everybody's laundry. Yeah. So that I mean, so you trust them with your laundry? <laughs> First of all, I have to tell you that of the six people who've lived in this home, two of us have pinked the laundry and none of them are too young to vote. <laughs> so messing up the laundry is not simply the purview of kids. And also, and when parents push back at me about this, like what makes you think a seven-year-old could do the laundry? There's sometimes the laundry is heavy. If you have a top-loading washer and a, a little seven-year-old, it can be heavy to lift that wet stuff into the dryer without dropping it all over the floor. So I agree that some kids need some technical assistance. But as far as working the washer, very few washing machines are more complicated than an iPad. Right. Nobody is surprised when a seven-year-old can use an iPad. Okay, but my husband shrunk. He washed a wool suit of mine in 1990, and I haven't let him touch my laundry since. So you I are... bet he's super pleased about that. That might be <laughs> right. like the smartest thing he ever did. That might have been his plan all along. It worked out pretty well for him. Even if it was accidental. I mean, listen, do I put my really super delicate things that need extra attention into my laundry basket? I don't. Right. That makes sense. But the bulk of the laundry, the towels and the sheets and the kids clothes and my regular clothes and workout clothes, like they can do all that. And six people's <laughs> laundry. That's no joke. It, and, and there are things of theirs that after they've worn them, I don't want to touch. So this right. works out really well because <laughs> they have far less scruples about that. I wonder if it teaches them also not to put everything in the laundry the second they wear it. Like my daughters, that is my biggest complaint with them. I'm like, you wore a pair of jeans once. They don't now go in the wash. Mm -hmm. Like you're not rolling in the mud. I mean, maybe your boys are sometimes, but like, I think no. it does teach them. It also teaches them that thing that I don't know how else to teach. And that is to empty your pockets. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's a big one. <laughs> Gum, tissues. Because when they have to do a load through the dryer a second time or deal with the lint filter when something has just disintegrated, they learn 
much more of an object lesson than me saying 70,000 times empty your pockets. They're going to be such good husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit that one of the reasons that my kids do the width and breadth of chores that they do, and it's not the primary reason, but it's definitely a motivator, is that I never want to hear one of their partners say to me, do you know that your son can't even anything? <laughs> I will tell you, it's a really good feeling because my son's girlfriend says he's an amazing cook. He's great at taking care of the house. And I didn't, I guess I never trusted him with the laundry, but I used to fold the laundry and leave all the socks and underwear in the laundry basket. <laughs> and his job was to sort the socks, put them all together, roll them and deliver them to everybody's bed. And he was pretty good at it. And he learned how to do his own laundry. And in college, he was like the only kid who could do his own laundry and cook. Yeah, like my kids, they do their own laundry, but they do their own laundry. Like I still don't watch them, want them touching mine. I don't, I don't know how to get over that, but at least they're doing and I theirs. I think that's totally reasonable. When I talk to parents about chores, I often say most people have a thing or two that nobody else could do to their satisfaction. And while I think that you need to teach your kid what every single skill in your home that you want them to have when they leave your home, you don't have to leave that in their hands. Like I have a, a woman that I know who beds just have to be made a certain way and she doesn't feel relaxed in her home unless all the beds are made that way. So although I do think her kids should learn to make a bed, I was like, hey, stay in charge of bed making if that makes you feel better. For me, it's my kitchen counters. Nobody can straighten my kitchen counters to my satisfaction but me. So my kids have to know how to wash down the counters and how to straighten the kitchen, but I don't leave that as anybody's responsibility but mine because it's pretty discouraging to give a kid a chore and then go behind them and redo it right away every time. Yeah, that's just demoralizing, right? That it's just not only demoralizing, purpose. it's just they're practical people. They're going to be like, okay, peace out. Why would I put in the effort? If you're going to if you're going to reload the dishwasher after I after I load it. And that's one I pointed a lot of parents about because especially moms I think had this thing that like I'm going to spend a half an hour unloading and reloading the dishwasher so that I can fit in two extra plates it would have taken me 3 <laughs> minutes to rinse and wash and dry. Oh, you've been watching me. Um <laughs> so one thing that you said that really really struck me because it was like you were talking about me um was you said that a lot of parents, I forget how you phrased it, but you basically said that a lot of parents use the excuse that their kids are too busy for chores. Like they've got rehearsals and they've got practices and you don't want to give them chores on top of that. Can you talk about that a bit? Because I feel like I use that as an excuse to say, well, they're not sitting around, you know, like they're out doing things. So it's okay if they're not home doing chores. And some of it, I think, is genuine empathy, right? We see how sometimes stressed or busy they are. We want them to get a chance to relax. And we don't want to always, we don't want to spend the little time they have at home being like, hey, you got to do this. Did you do this? Did you do that? And also they are genuinely, they are genuinely doing a lot of things and working really hard. And I appreciate the parents that we really want to look at our kids' whole lives and see where chores would fit. But it's, it's more than just saying anything they need to know how to do when they leave, we've got to teach them to do while they live with us. There are a couple of other really good reasons to get kids involved in chores. And one is, this is an important balance that we all have to learn. There's at no time in our lives can we say for more than a week, you know, my life is too busy, so I can't take out the garbage clean my clothes, make sure I have groceries. We all as adults have to find that balance of doing the things that we have to do for others 
and also making sure that our own home is running at the bare minimum. And so practicing that when they're not in it alone, when they've got us as backup, when they can get more strategies or to be honest, mess it up without major consequences is pretty valuable practice, especially by high school. But there's one other thing, and that is some research that shows how important it is for teenagers to feel needed by their family, not just wanted or loved, which is, of course, also really important, but needed. When we ask teenagers how much time, how much of their free time they choose to spend with their family, this really interesting thing happens. Kids who have chores, not just stuff for their, not, not just doing their own laundry or cleaning their own room, but things that contribute to the smooth running of their household, those kids, on average, choose to spend twice as much of their free time with their family. Huh. That's really interesting because, you know, our kids have chores, but they're not huge. Um, you know, it's things like bagging up the recycling and taking out the garbage and, you know, their own laundry, their own rooms. Um, and we all do kind of retreat to our corners as a family. And that isn't a bad thing for people to do, right? There's not, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that as a pattern, but them knowing that like, Hey, the recycling gets bagged up and taken out because I take the time to do it. Even a little kid. So I, one of the things people push on me is, well, when do I start chores? And I say, start them when they still want to help, right? When they're <laughs> two years old and three years old. And they say, what can a kid that age really do? And you often have to be creative, but there are things they can do that you won't have to redo. Little kids can go take all the hand towels and kitchen towels, you know, bath, bathroom hand towels and kitchen towels and toss them in a laundry basket. They're really good at pulling things down. Um, in my house, when my kids were really little, whoever was youngest would be the toilet paper police. They would be the person that you would call out to if you needed a new roll of toilet paper. And my littlest one, you'd have to wait a while because he wanted to put on his policeman's hat and he wanted to make the siren noise. And he'd be like, I just need the toilet paper. But it was a production. But, but when you need that toilet paper, you need that person. And being needed is really valuable for humans. We need to know, we, we deal better in community when we know that we are integral. And so helping our kids see and feel that they're integral through their work and not just through the glory of their presence, you know, just not just for being themselves, really builds their confidence and their competence. And those are two really important ingredients in adults' happiness. And so at at what ages, you know, in your practice and in your own family, which is like its own focus group, um, at what ages have you had the kids doing certain chores? Like, what do you think they can handle when? So I gave you a couple of examples of things that even three-year-olds can do. Um, and three-year-olds hold dustpans and three-year-olds wipe with paper towels really well. And, you know, so like when, and even if it's not a chore that comes up every day, if cleaning up a spill you know your two-year-old or three-year-old isn't capable of really cleaning up the spilled milk, they can do the paper towel, throw it in the garbage part, and then you do the mopping part. So you can split it up and still have them do something that you don't then come behind them and immediately redo and give them that, that learned helplessness So that we're trying to avoid with this. So it's more but, like, this is your part of the job. This is my part of the job. Exactly. We work together as a team. I need your help. Even if it's just you bring the garbage can and hold it close so I can eat more easily dump the dustpan in but I need you to do your part. So that's 
something that you can work hard. Little kids, if you're the kind of home where people kick off their shoes when they come in the door, any child who's old enough to play a matching game with cards is old enough to play a matching game with shoes Hmm. and can set the shoes together in pairs more neatly or deliver them to the correct bedrooms if that's what you like to do. Uh, And as kids get older, I had, my son was four and he had a friend who was playing with him, another four-year-old. And they were playing in my front hall because we have a playroom. So why not play in the front hall? Right. (laughs) And I called him into the kitchen, right? I interrupted his game. I said, Gabriel, I need you to come into the kitchen and run the dishwasher. And he says to his friend, time out. And his friend said, why? And he said, I have to go run the dishwasher. And his friend said, why? (laughs) And my four-year-old looked at him and paused and said, I guess my mom doesn't know how. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like fist pumping in the air in the kitchen where he Mm -hmm. couldn't see me because like, obviously I was consistently remembering to ask him to do this. They're really good at feeding pets when they're five or six years old and putting water in water bowls. Um, They're really good at clearing plates and dishes. They can help set tables, you know, and I, and I do have resources, free resources for parents that give you chores but I want to give some of my more bold suggestions in my house. When my eldest turned, no, when my second son turned seven, the day before his birthday, his big brother was like, I'm you're so excited. You're turning seven tomorrow. And he was like, wow, my big brother's noticing my birthday. And he said, cause now you have to do the laundry. <laughs> so without missing a beat, the almost seven-year-old turned to me and said, well, what does he have to do? And huh. I was like, Oh, I love this question. Let me think about that. So I thought about it and I delegated the stuff that I really can't stand to do because it makes me much more patient in teaching it to them because I know I'm getting it off my plate. And also I'm much more tolerant of them not doing it perfectly because I didn't have to do it. And the thing after the laundry that I most hate doing is making school lunches. Yes. So in my house between the ages of nine and 11, because my kids are all two years apart, you make everybody's school lunch. Wow. 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 What do they make? Is there at least a rule about what they have to do? (laughs) Yeah. So actually we made a chart. So we made a, like a, we made a grid that hangs on our bulletin board where we listed every single thing that they might possibly be able to pack for main dish side, um, snack and vegetable and drink. Right. And then there's just a grid across, like I listed everything they might possibly have access to in our house to pack if I grocery shop the way it would be necessary. And then they went across and put a check mark or an X to say if they would eat it. That's brilliant. And then depending on, because the way our school lunches are, not all the same kids need lunches the same day. The kid between nine and 11 takes this chart down and has to figure out what they're making for who. And it's led to these amazing experiences. Like for one time I called home. And I got their dad and he was like, shh, hang on. I'm hiding in the dining room, listening to the most amazing argument in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay. So he holds the phone so I can hear it. And it's the 10-year-old saying to the six-year-old, I can't believe you didn't eat your lunch. I worked so hard to pack you a healthy lunch that you like. (laughs) And the six-year-old is is like, but but it was Billy's birthday party and his mom brought lunch for everybody. I'll eat it tomorrow. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Do they do it the night before? Yeah, they make them the night before. We are not morning people. Mornings need as little in them as possible. It sounds to me like this is super awesome and efficient, but I think it takes a lot of planning and work on on the parents' part to set it up. Like what you're saying about, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's a smooth operating machine once it's set up and it really 
falls on the parent to make this happen. It's not just that you can delegate a chore to your kids and say, here, you do this, I'm tired of it. So I love hearing all the planning that goes into setting it up so it works properly. Right. So it's absolutely true that you have to be really stubborn on the front end um, and a little bit organized. I'm not actually a tremendously organized person. It took me a really long time to come up with that idea for lunches and lots of the eldest kid making lunches for everybody that they were like, but I didn't like that. Or you gave me the thing he eats, or I'm not the one who wants that, you know? So this sounds like I knew this up front, but I absolutely didn't. And people are welcome to benefit from all of our mistakes and scratching at each other. And when you get this rolling, you do have to be willing to, and I don't, I don't like nagging. I think having to nag is disrespectful and I think nagging is disrespectful. So my kids know that you get one reminder for free, but after that you get a consequence for the disrespect of not doing what you were asked to do. That's separate from not doing the chore. So if my son forgets to make lunches, which absolutely can happen because evening schedules can get really whack. And so if my son forgets to make lunch, then their school has a, you can get a hot lunch, but it costs you five bucks, right? So that five bucks comes out of his allowance. That's the consequence for him not making their lunch. If I reminded him to make lunch twice and he still didn't do it, there's a separate consequence for not listening. That's where you need your stubborn because it doesn't take too many times either of losing five bucks or in our case, sometimes 15 bucks out of your, you know, saved up allowance or too many consequences for, you know, canceled playdates or whatever for not listening before they're like, oh, this is for real. I got to do this. But you have to be that consistent. And that, as a parent, I find to be the hardest thing. Now, you brought up saved allowances. And one question that I see online all the time is, should I tie allowance to chores? Because I know that for me personally, I just felt like allowance was kind of your pay for being part of the family. And it helped me in that they weren't coming to me with, you know, can I buy this? Can I buy that? Like, it's all their decision and I'm out of it. So to me, like chores are separate. You just have to do your chores and you get a punishment if you don't and your allowance is separate. But so many people pay their kids for their chores and that's their allowance. How do you feel about that? So in general, when people ask me questions about their traditions at home, I give a guarded like, well, you can do it this or you can do it that, whatever you want to teach. In this case, I will give you a flat out no. Don't pay your kids for chores because two reasons. One, some chores, you couldn't pay someone enough, <laughs> right? So it's really easy. If you're paying me five bucks to clean the bathroom, and by the way, yes, your eight, 10, 12-year-old can learn to clean the bathroom. And, and if you have boys, it will improve their aim. In any case, <laughs> there are days where as an adult in the house, if I was getting paid a certain amount to do certain chores, I would be like, nope, not worth the money. Because if you're paying me to do chores, there's the implication that I could quit. I could say, no, you can keep your money. I'm not doing that. But the bigger issue is it sets up a totally false expectation about what it's like to be a grown up. Nobody pays us to do the chores at home. It's just part of being a citizen in the house. So I have reasons for making you do these chores. And, and I haven't even mentioned my most compelling argument for having kids do chores. And that is every single thing that your kids can learn to do for themselves is a waste of your time to do, not to teach, but to do. You need your time not to sit on the couch and scroll through your phone and eat bonbons. You need time to do the things your kids can't do, like Notice when one of your kids is having a really hard time and needs some extra emotional attention or 
file taxes, right? There's so many things we can't delegate to our kids that everything they can do for themselves, you shouldn't be in the weeds doing. I don't want people to pay their kids for chores, but I do want them to give their kids allowance. And it's interesting. I don't think of it so much as money you get for being in the family. I think of it as practice and exactly what you said. This way, you decide if that impulse buy is worth it to you. I don't have to decide if it's worth it to me because guaranteed it's not going to be. So how do you, how did you set up allowance in your home? We do allowance that, and I couldn't for the life of me, remember to have the right amount of change every week. (laughs) Um, When my kids were little, somebody found these fantastic piggy banks that Mm -hmm. are separated into four, each of the four legs. And there's save, spend, invest, and donate. And, uh, and if you guys don't mind, I've, I've no, att- I've no attachment to this product except that I really like it, but I'm happy to tell people where to order it. If you're sure. interested. Yeah. yeah. We used it too. Um, cool. It's called moneysavvypig.com. And I loved them except I could never remember to have quarters and singles and stuff right. like that for them to do. So I started using an app online that would automatically debit imaginary money. And then they could come to me and ask how much they had in their account for save or for spend and spend that's their impulse buy money. So however much they're getting, 10% goes into donate and a third, 30% goes into the other three. And the spend, they can use on whatever they want that's legal and ethical and allowed in our home. So if they're allowed to play a video game and they want to use it for in-app purchases, they can. And if they're allowed to watch this particular video and they want to buy it on, you know, on Amazon or whatever, they can. And whatever it is, whatever the toy is or whatever it is, for save, they have to have thought about it and, and waited for it a little while. That one's about delayed gratification. And then um, the invest they're hanging on to, the donate, we actually do a, a pretty benevolent matching program. So if they're doing a Thanksgiving fund dra- fundraiser at their school and they want to give five bucks, we also kick in five bucks to match it. So they're bringing in 10. So I have to say, I f- I'm feeling for your youngest because <laughs> as the older ones start to go away, is he going to have to take on all the chores? That video that you guys saw actually went up a little while ago. My youngest is now 10. And so everybody just does their own laundry. And that's also been really good roommate training for them. They've had to learn what to do when they go down to do their laundry and somebody else's stuff is sitting there in the washer clean, but not dry. And they've had to learn um, to say to somebody else, hey, listen, I really have to wash this stuff for my game tomorrow. Can I, if I move your, you know, if I put your stuff in later, can I have the washer? So they're learning what I hadn't really thought about, which is like how to be a decent roommate. Um, they, the boys have another five months of the youngest making everybody's school lunches. And then they're each going to have to make their own school lunch, which is also, I think, an important adult skill. Yes. For sure. I mean, I think that school lunch is a big one. I love how you've tied it to adult skills. I mean, it may not have been what you thought about when you when you first came up with these ideas. No, I but... thought about having less on my to-do list. You're right. Absolutely exactly. But being able to tie it to an adult skill or learning how to deal with a roommate, I mean, it's just, it, it kind of explains to kids, here's what you're learning and here's why you need to know it, which I think is where many chores just fall down. Most kids just look at it as, oh crap, I have to take out the garbage again. And one of the things that I really, I really want parents to stress is that they're not taking out the garbage for you. Hmm. And I think that's something we often say, will you clean the table for me? Will you empty the garbage for me? Which implies this is solely my responsibility and you're doing me a favor. And kids really internalize that. Really, it's 
what are you going to do to help our family run a little bit more smoothly? And it doesn't take until our kids are 25 or 30 for them to notice the advantages. It takes them 12 seconds to notice the disadvantages. No question, I'm the meanest mom on the planet, and I've heard that plenty. Um, but they also talk about what's good about it. You know, my eldest son went and spent his sophomore year abroad in high school. And when people would say to him, aren't you worried? Aren't you scared? You know, how will you be able to handle everything? One of the things that he said, and I didn't because it hadn't occurred to me because he was going to a place where I wasn't thinking about the chores he would have to do. He's like, listen, I don't like doing everything for myself, but there's nothing I might have to do for myself that I haven't already figured out. And some of those things, even though this might not sound to you like chores or what you would think of as chores, some of the responsibilities I really encourage parents to give to kids themselves is when your kid comes to you and says, I need a haircut, is be like, okay, let me know when you've scheduled it and if you need a ride. Yeah, that appointment one is a big one. I know so many people whose kids could not make an appointment. It's a big one. Appointments and forms. Yeah, appointments and forms. Because also kids, this generation, they're not comfortable on the phone. So they don't even want to call. Right. And and so making that appointment and just coming to me and saying, or, you know, my son who's 16 calling me and saying on, on a Sunday morning when I was out at work saying, hey, the 10-year-old and I both want a haircut. Um, we were going to take the bus over to Supercuts. Do you mind if I put it on the credit card? Right. I loved that entire sentence. Yeah, we um we got our kids debit cards a couple of years ago, and it made things like that a million times easier because if my son is on the way home from school, he'll just go get a haircut and then tell me later, hey, I put it on my debit card. Can you pay me back for the haircut? And I'm like, this is so easy. It's so easy. And it really helps them. Every time kids have forms, camp forms, uh, you know, field trip forms, like whether it comes home in their backpack or it gets emailed to you, I sit my kids down at the computer and I'm like, hey, your camp forms are in and you probably want to get those done. They're due by next Sunday. And I, they have to ask me certain things, but I want them doing all those forms to the level of their ability, because then when they get to filling out forms for college or summer programs or things like that, they don't feel frozen. They don't feel stuck. I My rule is bring it to me with everything filled out that you can possibly fill out, and then I'll do the stuff that you can't do. And then right. we needed to do college forms last night. And my poor son, like the the immunization part of it is so hard. Like trying to figure out, because like the terms aren't the same on the immunization right. form right. from the college <laughs> form. And finally I was like, go to bed. I'll do it. Like I, I just, like if it's that hard for me, I was like, I'll take this one. Right. But that's just you doing someone you love a favor. There's nothing ever wrong with that. If your kid's job is to take out the recycling and they had a game that ran three hours late and extra homework and you just compassionately say, hey, let me do that for you. That's lovely. Hmm. That's also teaching them to be a good roommate, a good partner, a good family member. That's an interesting point because it kind of goes back to parents, you know, when they don't want to overload the kids. If you recognize that they're overloaded, you're just doing them a favor. You're not like letting them out of their responsibility. And I hope that when you're having a really busy, crazy day, you ask them to do something that normally you do. Or if they offer, you don't say, no, 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 no. My self-worth is wrapped up in the idea that I can do everything with no help. Okay. Again, you're watching me. 
<laughs> well, this was an amazing conversation. I am so happy we had you on. This is so helpful. Like now I'm thinking we have to have another conversation about like if you waited until your kids were 16 or 17 and what you're going to do to catch up. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> we'll have that conversation. Another time. But thank you so much for joining us today. And we definitely want to have you back and not because you posted another video that was insane, but like. I think there are a million things we could talk to you about. So um... I so appreciate this because I think what this conversation does is the thing I really want to do, which is to allow families to enjoy each other more. Huh. Oh, that's such a nice concept. That's really? like, that's a whole, I mean, seriously, it's like a whole other conversation. And I think that one of the points you brought up about kids needing to be needed rather than just adored is so essential I think because I hear all the time like oh we're, we're having my kids my kid's such a good kid they deserve that um and I just always feel like uh, it's such a weird signal to send to a kid that like you're a good kid therefore we'll do everything for you um without giving them any responsibility or I don't know self-worth <laughs> that's based on something I, I think you're totally right I think that the sum up of this is that the best part about chores is it gives you an opportunity to prove to your kid that you have real faith in what they're capable of and their competence and that you're willing to rely on them. Yeah, that's huge. So can I have a do-over? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds actually from what your son's girlfriend said that things are going pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just so interesting listening to you because I can't even imagine having said, oh, you need a haircut? You know, you could walk up there, go get a haircut. You know, I, it, it just sounds like a whole eye-opening way of doing things that uh, I hope a lot of people really listen to this conversation and, and take it to heart and, and try to adapt some of it. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. And I really do have resources to make this easier and less overwhelming and to handle the hiccups and the real obstacles that can come up. So I hope people will reach out if there's any way I can be helpful. Oh, we will. If you want to send them, we will link to them all. We want to help people as much as possible because your resources are fantastic. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. We will be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? Okay, so um, the next Toy Story movie, Toy Story 4, is coming out on, uh, well, tomorrow. And um, I think a lot of people are going to be seeing it this weekend. I'm going to try to, even though my sleeve is still wet from seeing Toy Story 3 in the theater. I know. <sighs> oh, my God. And um, I came across this really great blog post um, from a site called Guide for Moms. And it talks about how there's a scene in the movie that takes place in an antique store. And there are Easter eggs from every single Pixar movie in the antique store. So... I'm just giving a warning to everybody before they see the movie. So like pay extra attention. I think it's not really going to be useful until we can see it on video and pause it and go in slow right. motion, but pay attention in the theater when you're seeing the antique store, because there are just things from the other Pixar movies everywhere. And Pixar is known for doing this. Like they, they have things from other movies in, in their, like in, in finding mm -hmm. Nemo, there's like a buzz doll in the waiting room in the orthodontist office. Um, but this is like all of them in one location. And I I just can't wait to see it. I think that's a really nice touch. That means you're going to have to see it twice. It might happen anyway. <laughs> that's what they're counting on. <laughs> all right, Andrea. 
I'm excited for that movie, too. Um, so you guys know that I was away on a cruise two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> and I'm really not a cruise person at all. And I have to say that I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. Oh, yay. Yes, I did. But here's what I loved about this cruise. It was a high-tech cruise. And I don't mean high-tech um, where everything was techy. I mean high-tech in the sense that technology was used as a way to um, expedite things you were doing on the ship and to make your experience more personal. So I went on an, a Carnival Ocean Medallion cruise. Um, back in 2017, Carnival announced this at uh, CES. Amy, I don't think you were there that year. Were you? Um, I remember you telling me about it. I don't think I was at the announcement. Yeah, so they finally rolled it out, and they they literally had to take these huge ships out and and outfit them with sensors and and make them able to um, utilize the technology. But here's the cool thing about it in a nutshell. It's like a, a, a medallion the size of a quarter that you get in the mail before you get on the ship. Everything you do is done beforehand. You give your passport information. You fill out all your information that you usually do when you arrive at the ship so that when you get to the ship, you simply tap this medallion onto their tablet. Your picture shows up because you've uploaded your picture and all your information is there. And it's really cool. I was traveling with a girlfriend who'd been on many cruises and she looked at me and she said, that's it. That's all we have to do. This usually <laughs> takes an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout the, the cruise, it was really cool because you could sit in a chair anywhere on the ship and order your pina colada or order lunch. And because it's got a GPS tracker in it, the person delivering whatever it is you've ordered knows exactly where to find you. Oh, that's awesome. It is like you never have to move. Of course, we did move. Um, and, and getting on and off for excursions, same thing. You get off the ship by tapping this medallion. They know you're off. You get back on by tapping the medallion and they know you're on. So it makes it so much easier for the crew. Um, And of course, it opens your door. You just walk up to your stateroom and your door opens because it's reading your medallion. Um, And one of the, the neat things was I was in the boutique one day and this elderly woman was shopping and she found something she loved and she said, oh, I really want this. But and she looked at the cashier and said, I don't have my wallet with me right now. And the woman said, just tap your medallion. And she was so shocked that she could pay for it with her medallion. Well, that's that's so, what they're counting on. It's, well, it's right. They all, they're all copying. It's so yeah. easy. They're copying yep. Disney, right? Disney started with the Magic Band, and now they're all like, that's the best thing ever. Interesting that you should say that. The person who designed this for Carnival is John Paget, who created right. the Magic Band for oh, Disney. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they hired him, and so um, he so did an works. amazing job. It works. Um, There were a few things that didn't work perfectly, um, but all in all, I thought it was great. I'm going to be writing an article about it, so we'll link to the article when it comes out. But uh, it was fun. It was was fun um, watching technology really kind of facilitate the experience and personalize the experience. That's That's awesome. I'm so glad you had a good time. Oh, I had such a good time. I'll post a picture of my zip lining. Oh, wow. Yeah, send that. We'll post that. It was fun. Oh my, that's awesome. All right. My uh, bite is kind of along the line of our last guest, but a little bit different. It's a New York Times article called A Financial Checklist for Your Newly Minted High School Graduate. Mm. 
Um, and I actually don't think you have to wait for them to graduate to do this. So it could be your newly minted teenager. <laughs> um, but it talks about like while you're doing all these things, like getting the dorm bedding and the, the, like here's the stuff that's actually super important. And it goes through every single thing you should need. So from budgeting apps to setting up bank accounts, mobile pay systems, um, information hygiene, they call it, which is understanding when and where you actually might need to give your social security number and where you really don't, oh. <laughs> all that kind of privacy stuff. Um, doctors, insurance cards, and meds. I know Dr. G mentioned, you know, having your kids filling out forms. Um, but they were saying even like, because your kids can stay on your health insurance until they're 26, they should understand, like if they have a job, maybe they're not going to college right away or maybe they've called your job. They should understand what co-pays are that they might have to pay at the time of service. Um, you might want your kid paying towards the deductible if they have a job, but they're still on your, your thing, um, your insurance. And how to fill out a W-4 form. They suggest setting up a Roth IRA for your kid if they're making any money at all because um, it'll reduce their taxable income and it'll reduce the amount that they might be required to pay for financial aid calculations. Hmm. Um, you know, authorized user credit cards, doing a credit freeze if you want to do that because your kid's probably not on top of their stuff. It was just, it's an incredible whole thing. It goes through all the health forms you need your child to sign so that you can have access to their medical records while they're in college. Otherwise, you have no say whatsoever. Um. Uh, it was just really fabulous. Also things like renter's insurance, if your kid is living off campus. Um, it was just really great. And they even go through if your kid is enlisted, if your kid is joining the armed forces, all the things you might need for that. So it's a great article. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's basically a perfect checklist <laughs> to go through with your kid. Um, you know, one thing they talk about too, which I've had different conversations with friends about this, is making sure that your kid, if you fill out the FAFSA, that your kid fills it out with you. Too late. Um, which I thought was really interesting. I know because well, you have next year. Every year you have to do it again. But every um, parents feel differently. Like a lot of parents don't want their kids to know what their income is and all that. And his point is like your kid should know. Um, you know, money shouldn't be so secretive, and they should see what goes into filling in these forms. Um, and what, why, why the, you know, whatever the the final determination is made and all that it was really an interesting conversation so anyway i highly recommend this article we'll put a link to it and that is my bite of the week so thank you ladies thank you thank you that was a great show and um we will have links to everything we talked about today you can find it all on parentingbites.com and on facebook.com slash parenting bites you know listen share rate review anywhere you listen to podcasts and as always, let us know on our Facebook page if there's something you'd like us to talk about. Or if you have questions for Dr. G, we will collect questions and have her back for a future podcast. So please, like, send us your burning parenting questions. Until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.